discipline, the brothers received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. This is God's word. You may be seated. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, seeing those names roll across the screen like we just did reminds us of just how precious and important every person of this church family is. And we pray that we continue to grow in a, in a deep and abiding love for one another as our love for You grows day by day. And as we think back on this past year, Father, and all of the ways that You worked through our ministries and through the larger church family and through individuals, it's our prayer, Father, that, that we will be humbled by that, by the nearness of Your, your strength coming to bear through our lives to bless people inside of our church family and in this community, that we will be modest, Father, and humble, and that we will continue to be encouraged to seek Your glory and honor not only in this community, Father, but around the world. We're thankful. We are so thankful that we get to participate in this mission. We're thankful, Father, that, that You have brought us together through Your grace, through forgiveness, through mercy and compassion and adoption, and put Your Spirit in us, Father, to sanctify us, and given us a purpose and a vision, Father, that ends in eternity at Your side. And so, Father, we pray that uh, as we, we recount the events and the months and the weeks this past year, that we will be encouraged. And we pray this in the name of the One that makes it so. Amen. For those of you who are visiting with us this morning, and for those of you who are pretty new to our church family, it really looks odd, I think, to have all of these things up here on the stage behind me. Let me explain what that's about. These things are reminders. They are icons, they are uh, posters and images, they are tools, they are symbols, they are uh, part and, and pieces of different ministries that we have had during the year, different events that we've had over the last 12 months that kind of give a face to our church family. They are reminders of ministries and events, of special projects, of retreats, of all kinds of things from this past year in which God has worked in us and through us to do His will. And for the last 10 years, on the very last Sunday of the year, this year it's a little different since um, Christmas fell on a Sunday and now New Year's falls on a Sunday, uh, we have looked back at the year, the 12 months, the 12 preceding months to get one really important lesson and reason out of it. The reason we do this is to remember. To remember and to be encouraged. Uh, God wants us to remember. God wants us to be mindful of the ways that He has acted in our lives and acted through us and, and with us. There's a very important passage found in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 where, where it is said that you know, we are to look to the Lord and to His strength. That we are to seek His face always. Now that's a hard enough thing to do just on your own, but when you find yourself with all kinds of temptations and you find yourself busy, it's pretty easy to forget that one of the things that we do on a daily basis is to look towards God's face 
and to remember all of that. And the way that that happens on a daily basis, that we are encouraged to look, is by that remembrance. And so the verse continues, remember the wonders that He has done. Remember His miracles. And remember His judgments that He has pronounced. Now that's what we're going to do this morning, is we're going to spend some time remembering. And as we remember, I hope that there's at least two things that happen that we get accomplished this morning in doing it. Number one is encouragement. I don't know about you, but sometimes with the activity of our church and the fast-paced ministry speed, velocity that we have at times, it just seems like there's one thing that leads to another thing, and we're sort of like fish inside of a fishbowl that we're, we're so engulfed in water that we don't see the water anymore. The same can happen in a church. We get so busy, we can get... We can get going so fast that we do not remember, and all of a sudden we don't see, we forget. We, we, we're not cognizant anymore of the things that God is doing in our lives and in our church family. And there's a reason that we want, we want to be encouraged. It's because we want to be proud of our church family. I don't know about you, but I, I'm proud of my physical family. I love talking about my daughter. I love talking about my son. You've heard me tell stories about them. I'm proud of them. It doesn't mean that I think that they're perfect, but I'm proud of them. I'm proud of my wife. In the same way, we are a church family. God has brought us all together. We have the same Father. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are things that are happening in our church family that we ought to be proud of. Not in the sense that we become prideful and arrogant, but the kind of proud that leads to, um, that leads to confidence in knowing that when people come to our church family, they're going to be blessed. They're going to be loved. They're going to receive some measure of mercy. They're going to be helped out. They're going to receive the counsel and the wisdom that they need. And so the reason we do this, we look at all of these things and we remember all of these events is so that we're encouraged. But then number two, we do it because of evaluation. Just like our physical families, we're not perfect as a church family either. And there are times when we need to we need to think very deeply and profoundly about the ways that God is using us as individuals. And we need to you know every person in this room needs to ask the question in what area do I need to be involved in this next year? Or what is it in my life that I ought to be doing that uh, that will take me to the next level of ministry? That I'll be more involved or the next level of a fellowship that I'll have even more godly relationships this next year, or I will be investing my life in godly ways to help somebody grow in their likeness of Jesus. How can we be a better body of Christ in this community? Now, that's the reason we do it. Now to the year. The theme for 2011 was better together. And as we close out that theme next week, we're going to have today's the look back sermon. Next week is the look forward. We're going to introduce a new theme. What I'd like for us to do is, on this last Sunday of Better Together, let's say one more time our theme verse for the year. It's up here on the screen, Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Let's say it together with our outside voices. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one heart and purpose. That was the theme for last year. And the challenge of these past 12 months was to deepen the relationships to tighten up those bonds of fellowship, to build a tighter, more loving, more compassionate, closer in terms of the emotional uh, proximity of each other, the, the way that we help one another, to build a stronger, better family, to be reminded every time we came into this building that as a church family, we are better together. And we spent a lot of time talking about this over the last year. Now, 
for the rest of the time, as we look back over the Better Together themes and the events and all of that stuff, I just want to remind you that there are five areas that our church emphasizes in the way that we think about ourselves based on Scripture. Matthew chapter 22 is the Great Commandment. Matthew chapter 28 is the Great Commission. And out of those two Scriptures come the five areas that we emphasize as a church, that we worship God. We are a worshiping body of people that we fellowship with one another, that we minister to one another, that we, out, we reach out into the community and we evangelize and share the gospel, and that we as, as individual members of the church are called to be disciples. Those are the five areas. Now, let's start with the first one, fellowship. This year, we continued our midweek at Mac Meals on Wednesday night in the fellowship hall between the early bird class that was at 5.15 and our regular Bible classes at 7 o'clock. What a great opportunity for us to have fellowship, for us to, to get to know one another and to have kind of an uninterrupted period of time, about 30 to 40 minutes or so, where we can enjoy a great meal, talk with one another, catch up, and spend time with people that normally we would only, we would only see once a week on Sunday. Now, you may not have thought about this, but our three cook teams, plus our team that does the, the pizza dinner once a month, our cook teams fed 2,000 684 people, oh, that's adults, and 218 children for a total of 2,902 people in the past 12 months, not counting the three months during the summer when the meal is not offered. Now that is a lot of people coming together over a lot of time, spending a lot of time with each other and enjoying great food. And if you've not been a part of those midweek at Mac Meals at 615 on Wednesday nights over in the Fellowship Hall. This would be a great year for that to happen. Nearly 3,000 people this last year coming together for a meal in the Fellowship Hall on Wednesday nights. Our ladies got together for a weekend retreat in January in Bernie with Kathy Cherry as the guest speaker. Laura King led that. It was a great retreat for all of the ladies. Our men in April came together at Camp Bandina to hear Mark Howe from the Houston area talk about the importance of relationships that men are to have with one another, holding each other accountable, helping each other to develop into a greater image of Jesus and more of a man of God. Our men get together on the second Tuesday of the month for prayer and fellowship. John Skipworth, the deacon in charge of the men's ministry, leads that, heads that up. It's a great opportunity, guys. If you did not take advantage of that, of being better together this last year with the men's prayer luncheon on uh, the second Tuesday of the month, make sure that you do it this year. Uh, this past year, our men began gathering in what we call LTG groups, life transformation groups, where they, they read about 20 chapters out of the Bible every week. They come together for an hour to two hours. They discuss those, those scriptures that they read, those chapters during the week. They also uh, have a list of questions that they ask each other to hold each other accountable. Uh, our children hosted a Widows and Widowers Luncheon on Valentine's Day. One of the things that makes us better together is not that we, you know, we divide up into our age groups or into our sociological, you know, the, the, the groups that we identify with most, but we have a lot of intergenerational things. Our children with some of our senior adults getting together on Valentine's Day to spend time with each other. Each of our Sunday morning Bible classes organize Better Together teams in order to build fellowship through a variety of activities like some special events. There were uh, class members uh, that got together for service projects within those Sunday school Bible classes. And there were others that got uh, together for meals and just spent time together getting to know one another. 
uh, part of Our Lady's ministry as the Caring Sister met again for another year, encouraging each other. Our children headed off to the campus, uh, the campus of Oklahoma Christian University for another season of camps. Every year in September, the beginning of September or so, we have our family camp, the HEB uh, Foundation Camp near Lakey. This year was, was no exception. It was another great success as, uh, as families came together and single people came together, and we had a family camp at the HEB camp. Who will forget the sweetheart banquet this year and, and the minute to win it? that we had. And again, it was an opportunity for for people that normally do not spend time with each other to get together, to sit at the same table. That's how my wife and I got to know the uh, the Biggers this year. They had just joined our church about the month before. We got to sit down at the table with them and they've become some of uh, some of our, our our close friends over the last year. We love this couple and it all started at that Valentine sweetheart banquet. All the ladies were blessed by their involvement and attendance in the ladies Bible class. Again, great material being taught, great fellowship, service projects, wonderful things happening in the ladies' Bible class. And then one of the great fellowship uh, uh, events towards the end of the year, ta-da, pie or praise and pie. Nearly got that one backwards. Praise and pie. Yeah, pie and pie for some of us. (laughs) The praise and pie. We all come together on the, the last, well, not really the last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And, and we come together and we praise God. Nearly 300 people in our fellowship hall, wall-to-wall people, praising God and singing. Jeff Glass led us in singing that evening. And that we had Scripture reading. And the, the singing lifted the tiles you know, off of the building. And, and it, was, it was glorious. And then we had about 800 slices of pie to eat. And we prayed about those that were traveling. Better together, folks. We're better together. Well, enough about fellowship. And as you can see, we're kind of moving very quickly. Let's talk about ministry for a minute. Intersect continued on the first Monday nights as a place where people plug in and do ministry together. Cody Spear helped organize the area youth groups uh, with other youth ministers from other churches of Christ to do another very successful work camp where, where eight homes... People that did not have the means, did not have the wherewithal to get these houses painted and taken care of and fixed up, our youth groups of Churches of Christ in San Antonio helped make that happen for eight homes this last year. We held Financial Peace University classes throughout the year. You know, sometimes the thing that jams us up in our, our, our discipleship, our, our growing into the likeness of Christ, our wanting to worship, our wanting to serve other people is that we sometimes have a debt that is unraveling us. And one of the things that, uh, that Doug Brown does in his ministry as an involvement minister and adult uh, education minister is, is to hold these financial peace university classes that help you understand how to get out of that debt and to stay out of debt. Uh, many of you were, uh, have been involved with our children's homes over the years. Every year we have change cans. We were also blessed uh, not only to donate our change in those cans and then donate those to the homes, but this last August to hear representatives from those homes speak to us about their work. Our senior adult ministry and the magnificent group down here, uh, right here to my right, they continue to do great things under the leadership of Don and Carol Hollins. Uh, This year they had work days and game nights and there were trips and they continue to bless people in and outside of our church family. Uh, Douglas has also... Uh, recruited many of you on a regular basis throughout the year to be involved in the lunches that we host for the Christian medical students down at the medical center. 
And here's another opportunity for us to, uh, to serve these, these, uh, these young people who have dedicated themselves as Christians in the, in the field of, of, of health. And some of these kiddos are going to be going all around the world and serving people in the name of Jesus and, and bringing health to their villages, to their bodies, and to their families. Max sponsored three blood drives this year. There was one in March. There's one in July. There's one, I believe, in November. Uh, we have a care cottage right across the parking lot that does a tremendous amount of benevolence uh, during the week. On Wednesdays and Fridays, there are people from all over San Antonio, from the east, west, the north, the south side, that come to our church building in order to receive free food and free clothing. And that is staffed by members of our church family who are showing compassion and mercy to people in the community. Our church sponsored another reading camp for children in the neighborhood here and around the building. Our church also sponsored a day camp for kiddos with their friends this, uh, this past July. Between 60 and 70 couples, believe it or not, have attended our dynamic marriage courses. And uh, some of you are, are, have been very blessed, are, are the, the, uh, the recipients of the blessing of dynamic marriage. We're going to be offering some more courses. In fact, we have another course that's going to start on Wednesday night beginning January 4th. That class has been filled. We have a waiting list. We want to have some more dynamic marriage courses this next year. But if you have been blessed by that ministry, make sure that you spread the news that, that this is an opportunity for you over an eight-week period to deepen and to become more profound in your marriage. Uh, we ended the year with holiday harvest. 570 boxes delivered, 300 of those to families that, uh, whose names were given to us through, uh, through, the, through the schools that we have a relationship with. On the Sunday, the first Sunday of December, where we had our special contribution to fund Holiday Harvest, $30,000 in cash was raised specifically for that ministry to fund it. God be praised for that. Do you know that each Sunday, you know, a, a lot of times we come into this auditorium and it just works. I mean, all of a sudden slides start appearing and the mic seem to work at the right time and the lights come, uh, come up and go down and there are people passing uh, the communion trays and the collection praise, uh, 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 trays out to everyone. Do you know that it takes about 100 people every Sunday for, for us to have Bible class and worship time together? When you come in, you meet greeters. These greeters are some of the warmest and friendliest people in the country, and they meet you at the church entrances. They, they hand you a bulletin. They give you a smile. They give you a hug. Uh, a lot of times, if you come in through the purple hallway and you run into the clouds, it's hard to get away because they want to know what's happening in your life because they care about you. Tom Lockridge, if you, he is the head of that, that ministry. If you want to be a greeter, if you think that that sounds like a ministry you'd like to be involved in, then see Tom Lockridge. We have folks who volunteer to take communion to those who are unable to make it to our assemblies. You know, one of the things that's great about coming together on a Sunday morning is we get to see each other. We get to see the body of Christ that meets at MacArthur Park Church of Christ. We get to see each other. We get to, we get to hug each other. There's that tactile connection that we have as we shake hands and we hug. We speak to each other. We get to hear each other sing. I don't know who it was that I was sitting in front of just now, but it was beautiful singing that, that last hymn together before Jacob read the Scripture together. I was blessed beyond measure to hear the singing of the church, and I know you're blessed too, and to hear the Scripture read. But there are folks that don't have that same blessing. They're either shut in or they're ill and unable to make it to our assemblies. 
And there is a group of people. In fact, you may be thinking, that sounds like the kind of thing that I want to do. I want to bless people who are not able to be a part of the larger assembly by taking communion to them on Sundays. If that's, uh, if that's you, then see uh, Ed and, and Grave Diggers, and they'll make sure that they plug you in somehow. You know, Robert Hatcher, every Sunday morning, gets here about 8 o'clock and begins turning on lights and unlocking doors and making sure that, that, that people can get into the building and, and, and that the building is ready to receive people. We've got guys in this booth that, uh, that is, you would think that the most anxious person during the assembly would be the guy leading the singing, Ben, or the guy that's kind of standing up in front of people doing the preaching, myself. But listen, there's more anxiety probably in that sound booth than there is anywhere else on, on this, this piece of property. And you've got Brian Taylor and Brody O'Brien and Quinn Britt and Grant Cobb and Steve Linscombe and Jeff Hosman and Jeff Marks, Charles Noble and Tiger Izzell working in that booth and paying attention and being diligent and making sure that, that our worship experience and our ability to read Scripture and to hear it and to see it is, is done to perfection. Larry Wojtasek and Reader Dowdy and David Pittman Jr. and others are organizing the communion service. Johnny Franklin, Rico Counts, Byron Tony, Jason Brandt, Paul Bonine and others work with making sure that all of those guys that pass out those trays during our communion and collection time, are all of that is organized and they get what they need back there in that family room. There are others that are taking counts. And I mean, as you know, we can just go on and on and on about all of the different ways and the different people and the opportunities there are for ministry. But we want to talk about worship for a little bit too. Worship, it seems to me that over the last couple of weeks of the year, our singing has, has, has just been so beautiful and so fantastic. And, and there have been times when it, it, it just seems like all you want to do is just sit there and listen and to be blessed by people of faith singing hymns to God and worshiping Him and magnifying Him in their hearts. But this year we studied uh, a couple of books of the Bible in our sermon time. We also, uh, there were some themes that we looked at, like Better Together. Uh, we spent about 13 weeks, 14 weeks, going through the book of Philippians in the series uh, known as Beautiful Mind. Uh, we did Christ and the Commandments, a study of the Ten Commandments. You would think, 10 sermons, maybe 11 with an introduction. We went 20. That was awesome. That We had a, a, a series of lessons on the Lord's Prayer. In fact, that's what we kind of ended the year with, Psalm 23. Remember the sermons we talked about what it means to be a sheep? And we ended the year with the gifts of Christmas and talking about how, you know, at Christmas there are gifts we receive. We receive the gift of a king and the gift of joy and the gift of peace and the gift of forgiveness. Uh, September 11th of this year, we remembered the tragedy that happened in New York City 10 years ago. We remembered that and talked about what it means for God to be confronting evil in the world and what it means to grieve and what it means to be a believer and a person of faith in a world like this. Uh, we had a huge baby recognition Sunday. I don't know what's in the water around here, but it seems like every time you turn around, we've got a, a, a new baby. And what a wonderful blessing. Amen? I mean... You know, from time to time, people say, uh, hey, did you hear that baby crying? And they also say, uh, uh, did you hear the phone ring at the same, you know, and I never hear any of that stuff. Listen, uh, uh, the sound of a child in the worship assembly is a sound of vitality and life in a church. It means that, that there is another generation that God is blessing us with in order to instill the principles of the Christian faith, as well as develop a relationship with God with that tiny soul 
And I'm telling you, we, we need more babies. <laughs> we, we need more. And they are the sign of life in a church. And it's wonderful every year when we see all of those babies that were born to us. Let me tell you, we, you know, politically we may not always agree with things that are said uh, publicly. But when you have uh, uh, families that struggle and you have single moms and you have single dads, and you think about all of the things that they have to face, it does take a village or a church to raise a child. And you know what? I feel responsible for all of these children. I think I can speak for the shepherds and say the same thing. They feel responsible, accountable for every one of these souls that God has blessed them to be the shepherd of. And our youth deacons and our, 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 our youth group deacons and, and, and every person that teaches a Bible class, Somehow we are contributing to, to the, the faith well-being of these little ones. Listen, it, it, it is a tremendous thing when you see these families lined up from, from, from wall to wall with these babies. Uh, we had our youth, these babies that we saw lined up in front of us on that morning. You know, they grew up and they became young men. And a couple of times we had those young men that were once babies that stood across the front. Actually, they didn't stand. Mom and Dad were holding them. But they grew up, and you know what? They started leading singing. And they gave you a message, and they prayed in, in front of you and with you and for you. We had those youth-led assemblies. Uh, you can now listen to the sermons or any message that's, that's presented up here on MP3 by going to our website. We could talk more and more and more and again and again and again about all of the great things happening in worship. But how about evangelism and outreach? We've already been reminded that the people added to the Lord this morning while Ben led us in the greatest commands. I, it, to me, I, it's, it's, it's hard not to get emotional to see, to see all of those names of, of the babies that are born, the, the people that place membership, the new births, the people that have given their lives to Jesus, and even those that, uh, that have gone on and are now in eternity with God. It, it seems to me that what you're doing is you're reading the roll call of heaven. And I'm really proud of the work that Barry Newton does in helping our church be more effective in sharing the joy and the hope and the blessedness that we have because of Jesus in our life. And Barry had a couple of uh, presentations this past year of the Mustard Seed Seminar. If you've never had an opportunity to learn how to be better and more effective at sharing your faith, then make sure that you attend one of those Mustard Seed Seminars. Uh, we prayed for Japan and for the work of the Heistons after the terrible earthquake and the tsunami. Uh, we also had a special contribution to send aid to those who lost everything in that tragedy. Our missionaries were very active this year in ministering to people in countries all over the world, and we learned about them from Mark Blankenship's world-famous Mac Mission Moment and our, our annual Mission Emphasis Sunday in October. Uh, the Ken Heiston family is with us right now. Uh, they uh, are going to be leaving this next Thursday to return to Shizuoka, Japan. You want to make sure that you write an encouragement card to them sometime today. But Ken encouraged us in hearing about the work that he's doing and just spending time with this brother and his wife and his, and his beautiful children while they're here in town. Uh, the Whitakers. I mean, you, you talk about, about, about people of faith and of great commitment to the Lord. The, the Whitakers made a quick trip to San Antonio, bringing their son Ozioma to, to Harding, made a quick trip down to San Antonio to talk to us about what, what their plans are in Africa. Uh, my family, Ellen and I, as well as uh, the Ortegas, made a trip to Santiago, Chile to visit the Sotos and gave a report on that. This year we began supporting Dr. Santillan in Monterrey, Mexico. 
Uh, I traveled to Sao Paulo in October this year to be a part of a conference that serves missionary men. And we had missionary men in Achabaya, uh, Sao Paulo of Brazil. We had missionary men from Churches of Christ from seven different countries. We continue to be involved with Eastern European missions. Uh, WBS, uh, World Bible School, continues to teach hundreds and hundreds of people each year. Um, Tim Hunter is to be commended for his leadership. And if you'd like to know more about that, one of the easiest ways for you to study the Bible with somebody is World Bible School. See Tim Hunter. He will make sure that you get plugged in somehow. Uh, Our church continues. I think this is the eighth year or the ninth year that we've done these one-minute radio messages on KTSA radio to spark interest and to build name recognition and to develop a relationship with the community of San Antonio at large. Uh, Operation Connect continues to to interact with visitors every week. want to remind you that they're going to have a luncheon this next Sunday at noon. It's free. If you'd like to be involved with Operation Connect, learn more about it. No obligations. But if you'd like to learn more, go to that luncheon. Mac Messengers, which is associated with Let's Start Talking, which we began back in 2009. This year, Margaret Hatcher, Karen Loveland was sent to Japan. To, to study the Bible by teaching English, using the Bible as a curriculum to, to people that, that, that speak Japanese. It, one of the most delightful fellowships that we've had uh, on a Sunday night was the, the fellowship that we had in which Karen and, and, Mar- and um, Margaret were able to talk about that trip and get everybody excited about being involved with Mac Messengers as well. Countless Bible studies were conducted by members of our church family. Listen, Lots of great things are happening. Be proud of your church family. In the area of discipleship and education, this is where we'll end, uh, Douglas Brown and his adult education team organized, again, excellent classes to be a part of on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. I'm going to have some more to say about that as we introduce the theme next, next week. But remember, we started the year off with the annual Insight Seminar. Bruce McClarty of Harding uh, spent a weekend teaching us uh, the introduction to the book of Philippians. The material on Philippians was later taught in all of our adult Bible classes, and I preached through it at the same time on Sunday mornings. Our adult summer speaker series, Heart Chat, brought in speakers from all over uh, you know, the country, really outside of Texas. There were a couple to speak on the Psalms. Uh, Richard Shaw, our family life minister, launched a series of classes on Wednesday night dealing with marriage and family and what it means to be a husband. Uh, Kirby Tomberlin, our children's ministry, was really active during the week with families of small children and developing programs like Sparks, and lots of kids attended. MacPack continued getting children and parents together for spiritual activities. Uh, This past fall, we continued to have our early bird class at 515 for those that have trouble making it at 7. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and talk about the things that, that took place in our church family over the last year, but it's time to, to stop. And as we close out 2011, this is the image that you should probably not keep with you. <laughs> you know, this started out as an IQ test that uh, five of these are the same, one is not. <laughs> Figure it out. But instead, this is the image we want you to leave with this morning. Remember, we are better together. You are better because you have a church family. You are better because you have brothers and sisters that remind you of what it means to be faithful to Jesus. We're better together as a church body in this community, living out the ramifications and the implications of grace. We are a family. We are responsible for each other. And as we close out, 
2011 and we begin to look forward to 2012, we want to make sure that we ask ourselves on a regular basis, what can I personally do to be a better disciple of Jesus? And what can I personally do as an individual member of this, this church family to, to make it stronger in the area of fellowship and to make it stronger in the area of worship? And what can I do to, to minister to other people and what can I do to, to strengthen the bonds of fellowship that I have with other people, other brothers and sisters in this church family? What can I do to make sure that the greatness of Jesus Christ is seen in my life, heard in my words, seen in my actions, seen in my generosity throughout this community? Am I growing the way that God wants me to grow? Ben's going to lead us in a song right now. And maybe you haven't been growing. Maybe 2011 is a watershed year for you because you've realized that, that maybe you didn't have the relationships that you should have had. Or maybe you have not been involved in other people's lives the way that you should have been. And you want to make that a, a different case in 2012. And if that describes you, you know, this is an opportunity for the church to pray for you or for your shepherds to pray for you specifically. Or it might be that uh, you've not been really a part of the church fellowship for a real long time. Maybe you're here on Sunday mornings. Maybe you're here on Sunday nights from time to time. But you don't really feel better because you haven't been together with the saints the first day of the week as the Lord commands. And you haven't remembered the cross the way that we're commanded on the first day of the week as we gather around the table and partake of the Lord's Supper. And maybe you haven't been better this past year because there have been times when you know, your discipleship was not at the forefront of your thinking. Your development into the likeness of Jesus was not a priority. Well, this new year is an opportunity for you to, to change all of that. It's called repentance. It's just a, that's a Bible word that means you're making a U-turn in your life. That U-turn, you're going in this direction, you decide because that's not a good direction, a healthy direction, the direction that God wants you, but I'm going to go in a different direction. And maybe you want to do that this morning. Well, we'll give you that opportunity. Or it may be that in 2012 you want to begin your life as a believer, as a, as a disciple of Jesus, as a Christian, as a child of God. You want to be baptized for the remission of your sins, to have them washed away. You want to confess with all of your strength and all of your being that Jesus is Lord. You want to be a part of a church family that is supportive and nurturing and, 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 and prayerful and, and mindful of each other and supportive of each other and helpful of each other. And you want all of that to happen beginning today. Well, the good news is it can happen. And Ben's going to lead us in a song, and we're going to have some shepherds down here at the front. If anything that I've just described in the last couple of minutes describes you, then we want you to come and talk to these shepherds now as we stand and sing together. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, 